Hello and welcome to another episode of Accessible Airwaves. This program is dedicated to the education and exploration of disabled life. Giving voice to the life and experience of people with disabilities. We cover a wide array of issues and disabilities. We are people who discuss issues we are passionate about. And topics we are interested in. We show how disability is in in the the mind mind of the beholder. Our Accessible Airways member, Morgan, she is interviewing Laura Dixon, talking to her over the phone. Laura is the Executive Director of the Epilepsy Association in the Calgary area. Morgan did this interview. She thought it was important to her because she also has epilepsy. Hear them bring the facts and myths about epilepsy. Welcome to Accessible Airwave. I am Morgan Clearing. I am doing a long interview with Laura Jackson. Hi, hello. Hi, Morgan. Thanks for inviting me today. You're welcome. How are you? I'm great. And how are you doing today? I'm clear. Good. Could you please tell Alexander about the epilepsy associate? Sure. The Epilepsy Association of Calgary is an organization that does two things in the community. We provide support and information counseling to people who have epilepsy or families that are looking for information and support uh, for a child with epilepsy. And we also provide education in the community about how to recognize and respond to seizures. A lot of people uh, have never seen a seizure and do not know how to respond and when it's appropriate to call for medical, emergency medical help and uh, or how to uh, properly Uh, just respond to the individual that's having the seizure. So we do those two things, and we've been around for 65 years in Calgary. Uh, We're also a founding member of the Canadian Epilepsy Alliance, which is a network of community associations like ourselves in communities right across the country. Wow. Right, is um, how can a person get epilepsy? How can a person get epilepsy? That's a great question. Do you know, uh, Morgan, in 60% of all cases, there's no known cause for epilepsy, which can be very frustrating for the, the person who has epilepsy. But In the other 40%, um, it can be linked to an underlying health condition, 
So we see that as people age um, and get chronic disease. And it also can happen in young people. Um, There can be underlying genetic causes. Uh, It can be caused by an illness or an injury, um, including an injury at birth. Um, So in the known cases, those are some of the underlying causes of epilepsy. Wow. What kinds of seizures are there? Well, there's a few different kinds of seizures. The one that people might be most familiar with is called a tonic-clonic seizure. And in the case of a tonic-clonic seizure... Um, uh, that is sort of the, 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 what people would recognize as being some, uh, rhythmic motions. Um, the person, uh, may appear to lose consciousness and, uh, generally after that kind of a seizure, a person needs a bit of time to rest and recover. Um. There's also uh, what's called a focal seizure, and there's two kinds of these. One is known as a focal aware seizure, and this can just be a brief period in which the person uh, may have an unusual feeling. Um, They may experience some muscle twitching, uh, but generally um, another person might not notice anything about somebody having a focal aware seizure. In a focal impaired seizure, um, a person may have difficulty communicating. Um, They may have a blank stare. uh, They may do some repetitive movements. um, And also, uh, they may have some unusual behavior during a focal impaired seizure. So this is one of the reasons it's important for Uh, just members in our community to understand uh, the different types of seizures out there so as not to mistake that for something else. Um, Sometimes people who are having a focal impaired seizure can be mistaken for being under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and that can lead to inappropriate responses um, by, by others. Um, so those are the main types of, of seizures, the, the tonic-clonic and the, the focal-aware and, and focal-impaired. I do relate to that because I do have a seizure too. I've got a my cousin too as well of that different kind I think. I have a good look at my other family too, so I do relate. And what kind of seizures do you have? I have a a um a typical one, like a macaw one. I go as one. Uh-huh. And sometimes 
socket it's really bad. Right. And I sometimes socket it in a small. Right. I pick it up that fluffy was as I to come down and I I go slowly to daily. I put my money was and sometimes my night routine and there's a lot of stuff going on and yeah. Right. So sometimes at 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 night you have them. Uh, sometimes I do a prayer attack, and so, 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 I don't know why. Right. So I don't know what's wrong about that. So yeah. Ah, Jesus, Swiss religion. Oh, I can what kinds cause does scissors to uh, cause? Well, that's a great question. Um, some seizures are stress-related. Um, there, there's no definite evidence that stress causes seizures. But um, in a a recent study, uh, 9 out of 10 people who took steps to actively manage their stress, 9 out of 10 people with epilepsy that took those steps, um, reduced uh, their their frequency and severity of seizures. So I think, you know, managing stress, it's it's very personal. to to individuals and the ways to manage stress can be very personal to people, whether that's getting enough sleep or having a um, paying attention to diet, uh, exercise, um, using journal exercises to write down your thoughts. Some of those things have been shown to help people with seizures. Um, but that said, uh, you know, some you know some people uh, have no connection between stress and uh, and their seizures. So you know, those are are people that have epilepsy that um, you know may have seizures triggered as a result of a, a fever or a brain tumor or um, an infection, or uh, as we talked about earlier, a genetic factor of some sort. Um, and so uh, there's really no connection there for people and, and uh, their seizures. But that said, I think, um, you know, that the old advice is good advice, that taking care of yourself and trying to live a healthy lifestyle um, can have a, a positive effect on people with epilepsy. Yeah, I just know based on religion, um, because I something, for sometimes I felt like a 
Do you want to stress out? I want to buy something. I just my mental health. I think. Right. Yeah. And I focus. I focus this. They happen. Mhm. Like there was a like big little bit of couple. I did it almost like every day. I have a a long day. Uh, so I just do when I sing. Mhm. I forget to do my music. I forget to do my journaling too as well. It just helps me out. Yeah, that's great advice. And it and you know it it's good that you have such a level of awareness about your own triggers too, because that can be helpful. Yes. Do you know what I saw is about to happen? Please tell us what this could look or feel like. Well, um, there's a variety of things that can happen, and they're all very personal to people. But some people do report um, that signs of seizure is about to happen or they have an odd feeling. Um, they, there's an unusual smell or a taste. Uh, they report feeling uh, an out-of-body sensation, feeling like they're not attached to their body. Um, some people report feeling kind of spacey, fuzzy, confused. Um, uh, you know, somebody who, uh, is, is having some absence seizures, um, report periods of forgetfulness and memory lapses. Uh, there may be some jerking movements of arms and legs, uh, or some tingling and numbness in arms and legs, um, as well as uh, headaches um, or weakness. So it's a really wide variety of symptoms. But as you were just talking about, uh, Morgan, you, you've you come to know what some of your tr- triggers are and uh, how, how to, um, you know, how to avoid some of those or um, at least try to reduce uh, reduce some of the uh, some of the impacts on your on your mental health. But yeah. how do you know when a seizure is about to occur? From it does do yeah um I my first art so I just do fact back to my bear and um, breathe out and mm-hmm. and in rather this helps me right so yeah right 
That's different for everybody, for sure. Yeah. Does epilepsy have a cure? That's a great question, too. Um, You know, there's some really fantastic researchers out there, and including in our own community here in Calgary. Um, But there is no known cure for epilepsy. Uh, Just like we know in 60% of the cases, there's no known cause for epilepsy. Um, But that said, uh, 50% of people with epilepsy eliminate their seizures through medication. And um, that's good news uh, because being able to uh, live seizure-free despite a diagnosis of epilepsy uh, really helps people um, kind of go about their, their, their lives, be able to drive cars, all of that sort of thing. So that's, that's the good news about, uh, seizure control in 50% of the cases. Um, about six out of 10 people can become seizure free within a few years with proper treatment. Um, so, and, and, you know, many of those people will never experience a seizure again. And, and I know a few people like that. Uh, so that's the really good news about um, the the treatment that's available out there and the effectiveness of medication. Um, but that said, it's there. You know, in in thirty percent of people with epilepsy, uh, they have what is called drug refractory epilepsy, and their seizures are not controlled um, by medication. And that's where. Um, epilepsy uh, specialists have to go on and look at other options uh, to treat uh, seizures if they are frequent and severe. And um, and that's very unfortunate in uh, uh, 30% of people with epilepsy. Yeah. Um, for me, I did take my pills. Mm-hmm. And I just work. I think Sometimes I even dad to take it, and but and sometimes I do overdose myself. Right. Yeah. One time, mm-hmm. so be like a fall. I went in with a pills. Mm-hmm. So. Lately, I've taking my pills on time. Right. And I forgot to answer my best dick the bell time. And sometimes I'll be my home. So, yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, I've heard people talk about, you know, just missing a dose or two of medication and then having a period in which they struggle with seizures again. So you're right, the following the, the, the dosage and the schedule is is important in in uh in trying to get control over seizures. Yeah. How can the public help out when someone has 
Well, that's, that's the question I was looking forward to because, you know, a lot of people don't really know how to respond when somebody has a seizure. And there's a lot of unnecessary calls to uh, emergency responders uh, for somebody having a seizure. So, you know, even though a, a, a convulsive seizure, we talked about the tonic-clonic seizure, can look really scary, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a medical emergency. Um, and they generally last only about two or three minutes. So an important thing to do is to to time the seizure. It may seem like it's going on longer than it is. So if you come across somebody having a seizure or there's someone in your family who has epilepsy, um, if it goes on more than five minutes, that's the time to call for medical help. But generally, somebody who has epilepsy will experience no more than two to three minutes of um, this kind of a convulsive seizure. So it's important to make sure that the person has something soft under their head and neck uh, so that they don't have a head injury um, from the seizure. And if the person uh, happens to uh, throw up or drool, uh, it's good to turn the person onto their side so that they, um, they, they don't choke. And then um, if there are others around, it would be good to ask people to stay back um, out of the way so that when uh, the person who's had the seizure wakes up, they don't feel overwhelmed by a crowd of people around them, which can be really, uh, which can be really uncomfortable. Um, some people, you know, there's old myths about, you know, you should put something in the person's mouth so they don't bite their tongue. That's false. Um, that actually could, could cause the person to swallow whatever you put in their mouth. So we don't want to do that. Um, and then we also uh, want to help the person recover after the seizure. So we just want to be fairly quiet and uh, gentle and speak kindly to the person. Uh, they may be groggy and disoriented when they wake up. People don't always know to look for medic alert bracelets or anything yes. like that. So those are things that we need to work on at the Epilepsy Association is how to how to help people get um, get things like that so that and and help others know to look for those things so they can respond appropriately. Right. Yes. How can people become involved with epilepsy community? Well, um, we're we're overhauling our volunteer program at the moment, and one of the things that we're hoping to offer in the coming months is a peer support program where people who have epilepsy can volunteer uh, to support another person who has a new diagnosis or who may be struggling with a reoccurrence of seizures after a period of time. So um, we'd be looking for parents of children with epilepsy or adults who have epilepsy or youth with epilepsy who might be willing to uh, mentor another person. And so uh, if you're interested in that, 
Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and also, uh, you know, we have a couple of, we participate in a couple of um, sort of larger community fundraisers during the year. We'll be having um, an, an Epilepsy Association of Calgary team for the Scotiabank Charity Marathon this year, and that's going to be run in September. Uh, so if you're interested in doing a, a fun run, a walk, um, or a distance run, um, we'd love to have you be part of our, our team. And then we've just passed our biggest event of the year, which is during the months of March, we celebrate Epilepsy Awareness in Canada and Purple Day, which is on March the 26th. And every year in Calgary, um, major landmarks are lit up in purple for Epilepsy Awareness. And this year we had some volunteers, we called them citizen ambassadors, go out to our purple-lit landmarks and uh, take part in a, a Canada-wide event uh, to raise awareness for epilepsy. You can also uh, reach out to us if you would like to tell your story about living with epilepsy, and we would be happy to feature you on our social media um, as part of the campaign really to reduce the stigma around epilepsy and bring it out of um, hiding uh, and more into the light to know to let others know that uh, people are not defined by their epilepsy. So we're always looking for people to volunteer to to tell their stories so that we can um, we can feature them in in our communications. Right, this is why I some. So I was hard to build there too. Yeah. Oh, uh, there I have a method you want to share about epilepsy. Any other myths about epilepsy? Oh, well, uh, there's, I guess, I guess when it comes to myths about epilepsy, um, you know, they they mostly relate to the stigma associated with it because seizures can look scary to others who don't know what's going on. Um, the kinds of stigma that tends to arise around it is that people with epilepsy may have intellectual challenges which is not true, and they can be discriminated against in the workplace um, because people don't know how to respond uh, to seizures or how to accommodate a person with epilepsy. So that's, that's a myth about epilepsy. Um, you know, there are some cultures, uh, you know, around the world who... Um, believe that people with epilepsy uh, are somehow um, controlled by by uh, by other powers, other beings or spirits, and this can be a good thing. This can be a bad thing, depending on the culture. But that can also lead the person to be treated differently from from the rest of society. So um, that that would be another myth that somebody is 
perhaps possessed or that somebody is, you know, has special powers um, and needs to be worshipped in some way. So, you know, those are just kind of funny human beliefs that we have around uh, somebody who has a, a, a who's different from others um, because of their epilepsy. Those would be a couple of the the myths about it. And as you know, as we um, also talked about to people don't necessarily know how to respond and can respond inappropriately when they see somebody having a seizure. And so, um, you know, that's the old, you know, worried about people swallowing their tongue. It's actually impossible to swallow your tongue. So yeah. that, would be, that would be another myth that's out there just about, um, about a seizure itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I would like to say thank you for talking about taking the time to talk to me over the phone. I I have found the information up for to me and to I know it will be up for for our lessons to understand about everything more. Well thank you, Morgan. I it was a pleasure to speak with you today and um thank you for the very insightful questions. I, I think this information will be helpful to others. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for coming. That was Morgan interviewing Laura Dixon over the phone. Thank you for tuning in to Accessible Airwaves on CGSW 90.9 and Alfam.